You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Uh, can we have a wonderful speaker today and we, we want to pray for her as well. Sorry, babe. That's okay. Um, Gabby, would you please, can we stand for Gabby as she comes to give us a word this morning? And I'd just like to take this opportunity to pray, and maybe if the leaders can come and pray for her. She's going to the Philippines, uh, to Manila. I always want to say vanilla when I say Manila, but she wants to go to Manila, and uh, she's going to go with School of Faith, and they're doing an amazing work there. So can we, can we pray? Maybe, Louise, do you want to pray for Gabby? Father, we thank you for Kingdom Days. We thank you for Kingdom Advancing. We thank you for the yes of hungry people. Lord, we thank you for this team, Lord, and this opportunity. We thank you, Father, for what you are doing in a nation that you love, that you are calling to um, arise in your name. Father, we thank you for Gabs and the School of Faith team going, every single one of them. We ask protection over them. Lord, we ask anointing. Lord, we ask favor of doors opening. We ask for faith. We ask for extraordinary bold, courageous faith. Father, we ask, Lord, for anointing that will break yokes. Father, we ask for folks in the Philippines to be set free, Lord, from demonic powers, set free from addictions, set free from poverty, set free from wrong mindsets. Father, we ask your salvation come to the hearts of many. Father, I just thank you for this time, and we ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so pray for Gabby as she gives us a word. Uh, you may be seated, please. Um, but I just felt um, to, to tell you that I know Gib, Gabby spends many hours on her knees praying. And so she's, she's, she's well prepared. She's heard from God. So maybe if we could just open our own hearts to hear what the Lord is, is saying through, through her today in Jesus' name. So Father, we just thank you for the gift. We thank you, Lord, for, uh, for words of life from heaven, Father. We, we recognize that it comes from you. Father, we pray that it would flow freely today, Father, flow freely from, from your throne room through Gabby to us, Lord, that we would receive the word gladly, Father, embrace the word and, and allow it to take root in our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Good morning. It's wonderful to be with you. Thank you so much for praying. Thank you for always releasing me and just encouraging me. And um, I feel the Holy Spirit's got um, some exciting things to share this morning. And I want to first start up front with ministry right up the front, like this end of the service, rather than wait to the end. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit's got some things He wants to share that's on the heart of the Father. And I've invited some friends to come up and share that. We're going to just break open the atmosphere, the prophetic atmosphere, and we want to hear from him. That's what I love about the prophetic. It, it just opens up the atmosphere and it gives us access to what is in hidden, sometimes hidden, but hidden for us, not from us, in the heart of the Father. And so, um, Beth, I might get you all, I'm Chantelle, Louise, I'll get you at the end, Liana, Geordie. If there's someone I forgot in this moment that I asked, please just come up. Don't be offended. <laughs> My brain's like full of lots of things going on right now. So I've asked these guys to just listen to Holy Spirit and um, come with, I didn't give them a lot of parameters. I just said, is, 
you know, ask him what's on his heart for either someone or in the season we're in. And so open your heart, listen, listen to what they have to bring uh, because all of us have Holy Spirit. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Jesus has been glorified this morning and so he's here. The spirit of prophecy is Jesus. He's here and he's wanting to speak. Okay, so you're ready? Jordan, I might start with you. Yeah, you're standing here anyway. Yeah, you are. Whatever you want. Yeah, the... I guess what's been on my heart when praying about this um, is the first thing that came to mind, and I sort of brushed it off like, oh, yeah, the prodigal son story, like, of course. But um, it's just really been on my heart that um, just two things that I can see in the story of the prodigal son and what I feel like God's highlighting. Um, Firstly, the older brother or the brother who stays behind and isn't actually the prodigal son. he's what I see in that story is he's so like righteous and sort of religious and he does all the right things and he's he's doing all the right things he's actually being a good servant he's actually being a good son yet his heart is still so hard towards his his brother coming home towards you know family like he he can't rejoice he can't and like being vulnerable, I'm, you know, I so identify with that right now. Like, in that story, I feel like the older brother. And I just, I don't know. I just never thought that I could be, you know, like, it just came, you know, I don't know. It's just something to be aware of that, you know, that, to ch- like, just a real, uh, a heart check that we're not being righteous and religious and judgmental on the Father's behalf because, you know, who are we to judge? But also, like, sometimes we actually just need to check our heart because it gets hard without us realising we're doing all the right things. We're upholding ourselves. We're, you know, trying to tick off all the boxes. But our heart still gets hard. And no one's immune to that. Just because, you know, just because we dress casually and have loud drums doesn't mean that we can't become Pharisees. You know what I mean? Like that Pharisee spirit. So don't... And then the second side of it is also sort of a, a, a warning, I guess, to myself as well, that like the prodigal son who ran away, he, he was always a son. He always had the inheritance. He actually took the inheritance and he spent it, but he still got sucked into the way of the world and he wasn't proactive in spending time with his father and staying in close community to his father. So he's, he got sucked in by the world. And it's so easy to see read these stories and think, I don't know, like, oh, silly him. Like, he took all the riches and ran away and he, he had everything that God had for him and he still got sucked into the world. But it just felt a real warning, like, we're not immune to that. Like, that is us. That's Jesus, you know, that story is for us. And that to not, um, I don't know, not respect but like we we have a habit i find of like just saying oh yeah the devil you know god beat the devil like the devil's nothing but no the devil's actually a great liar and he will suck you in if you're not careful and you will be pulled away and you know we have to be careful we have to be alert we have to be close in close proximity to the father so 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 yeah come on 
when, when God gives words, we want to respond. So we're not just here to show off or, or you know, show off our words, but we want to respond to what the Father's saying because um, we can get just so good at just rattling off prophetic words and it's great. But what is the Father asking in this moment? He's brought up two different kind of people, sons, and his heart is for both. He loves, like, I love the heart towards the, the older son was, all that I have is yours. Son, all that I have is yours. And the other, he runs to him, the one. So which one are you? Which one are you? Are you the one that's working hard, that's, you know, tr- just feeling almost justified in this religious kind of diligence and, and angry, angry at what's happening that, 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 you know, God could have be so merciful on the others who aren't doing what you're doing? Or are you the one that's being sucked into the world? I don't know. Let's do a heart check right now. Let's do a heart check and see where are you in terms of proximity to the Father. I mean, that's what Geordie really is saying. It's all about proximity to the Father. And I'm going to get George to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you would, um, to all our hardened hearts, Lord, we repent, God. We repent for letting it get like this, God. And we humbly come before you again, knowing our inheritance, um, as sons and daughters, Lord, would you would you break our hearts for what breaks yours, Jesus? Not just soften our hearts. Would you break our hearts for what breaks yours, Jesus? Would we see the value in our brothers coming home, Lord, in our sisters coming home to you, Jesus? Would we still contend for them? Would we still contend for them even when they've thrown away even our inheritance and what we believe is ours, Lord? Would you would we still contend for them, God? And I just I just um, I just pray for protection over our minds, especially um, young people, I guess, just being sucked into the, the way of the world and how attractive it is and how awesome it seems, God, that we, would, um, that we would continue to pursue you, Jesus, and that we would see how attractive your love and being in your fold is, Lord. Would you protect our hearts? Would you not harden our hearts? Break our hearts and protect them, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Geordie. Um, guys, when you come, I just realized we're right back and we're right on one side. But come over this way. Um, okay, you can sit. Thank you, George. No worries. Yay. Okay, Liana, I want to share you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when I was praying this morning, I saw um, a picture of a door. And um, I saw this big... Um, I guess, bundle um, of keys. You know, like in movies, you see the, almost like these big old brass keys and they're all on this circular ring. Um, and I, there was this door there um, and, you know, the invitation obviously was to go through the door. But there was all these keys and there was kind of doors in the background, almost like in my peripheral that I couldn't quite see. And I felt Jesus say, um, the key is me to be able to walk through the door and one of the keys kind of popped off the bundle and it was this really big key to be able to unlock the door Um, and I felt suddenly in my mind the word like suicide popped up and I was like whoa that's you know that's pretty strong but I felt there was a couple of things in there I felt like um, you know one of them there might be people here this morning and that's a thought that you've had Um, And even as I was just standing there, I just felt Holy Spirit say, tell them that is not you. That thing that says, you have no purpose 
and you have no future. It's not you, and it's a lie. And we need to, you know, when things are hidden, they have power. When we keep things in the dark, they have power over us. But when we bring them to the light, that's when Jesus gets to free us. And so that might only be for one person. And we don't want to sit here in church and go, oh, that can't be us because we're in church. We can't have those thoughts because we're in church. We're saved. It doesn't matter. The enemy wants to lie. And so even if it's for one person today, Jesus sees you and he says those thoughts that you're having, they are not from me. They're from the enemy. And there's an opportunity today to walk through a different door. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Do you see the order, the way? You've got to go through Jesus. You've got to step into the truth, and that's how you get into life. And so this morning, there's an opportunity. If that's you and that word of suicide is for you, there's an opportunity to be free. But I also felt on the flip side of that, you know, for a lot of us, we might be like, that's, that's not me. I, I don't have those thoughts. I'm not struggling with that, and that's great. But I felt like him say that, you know, there are many doors, but only one of them leads to life. You know, suicide is death. It's the end of life. And for a lot of us, even like Geordie said, there can be compromise where we take the keys and we try to open up other doors to get through to the place that we want to go to. But actually, the only way to get to life is through Jesus. There's only one door. Every other door actually leads to death. Because, you know, the Bible says that the flesh, if we sow to the flesh, the end is death. But if we sow in the spirit, that the end is life. That's the fruit of the spirit is life and life abundantly. And so there's an invitation, like it sounds like a really strong word, but in all of these words, in Geordie's word of it's the call to intimacy, in the word of like which door will you choose, it's a, it's a call to life. And it's actually to like look at, and I've got to look in myself and go, Jesus, what is there in me? What is the door that I'm trying to access to get to something that I need that actually only I can get in you? And I've got to go through the right door today. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you that when you speak, it's for a purpose. That you've actually come to accomplish something today that we've not come to just do church and to sing some songs and to hear a good preach, Lord, but we've actually come to do business with you today. And so, Father, I want to pray for anyone who's sitting here this morning who's been having thoughts like, I can't do this anymore and I want to end it. I don't feel like I have a hope or a future. And we just want to speak to that lying spirit. And we say, be broken off in Jesus' name. You have no authority here. And we say, you need to get out in Jesus' name. Every single person who's been under that thing, we say, be free in Jesus' name. We break it off you right now. And Father, we pray for all of us who are in a situation where we're looking for the way to go, Lord. We thank you that, Jesus, you are the door. We pray that we would close all other doors, all other options that we think are going to lead to life, all the other places that we compromise, all of the things that we substitute, all the other options that we've got as backups, Lord. And we repent today, Lord. I repent where I've looked for other options other than you, where I've tried to get life through another door. And we just say, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we choose you this morning, Lord. We thank you that you're providing the key. 
that we don't have to look for the key, we don't have to manufacture something, but actually we receive the key that you've already paid in your blood. And we say this morning, we choose to step through the door and step into life and freedom. Amen. Thank you, Leanna. Okay, the last two. Uh, Beth. So I was praying for today and I just um, saw a picture um, and it says in the Bible that thick darkness covered the earth and I just saw like a fog that had settled um, and in um, like in England they talk about these pea super um, fogs that come and they settle and they don't move because there's no wind. Um, and they and like people died in these thick fogs, but I just felt like the Lord is saying um, that there is a there's a change that's about to come. There's a weather change that's going to happen because when the Holy Spirit was poured out, it said He come He came like a mighty rushing wind, and I felt like today that is that is what He's pouring out a mighty rushing wind on us, and it's a moment where heaven and earth are going to meet. And I feel like in the fog we're comfortable and we're hidden, and we can't see anything. But he's saying, no longer is it a time of comfort. No longer is it a time to stay hidden. It's a time to bring things to him, because he's calling his people to arise. He's saying to, that all the earth is groaning for sons and daughters to arise. All of creation, he's saying, um, his voice is going to resound in the earth. He's saying, listen to my voice and declare those things. That's what he's saying in this time. Thank you, Lord. We're just going to pray for the wind to come and the presence of God to come. He's here. Yes, he's here, but yet he comes. And there's many, many places in the Bible where you see, of course, his presence is near and here, but yet he comes. And we want the greater level. We want the more. And he's saying, I want to do this. He reveals to heal. He, he reveals to come and do what he's saying to do. He's not just giving good words. And so I think even for this one, I know you've been sitting listening to some words. Can you just stand? I want us to just stand and position ourselves with expectation for this amazing, just a touch of the Holy Spirit. We don't want a little touch either. We want his wind. We want his presence, but we're not putting a box on what that looks like. So Beth, you're going to just release that. Okay. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that you would come, that you would change this atmosphere. Lord, we are asking and we are crying out for a moment where heaven would touch earth. So right now we ask, Holy Spirit, for your wind to come, to blow in this place, Lord, that it would get rid of the things and the cobwebs and, and the fog that is settled on this place, Lord. We just ask for more of your Holy Spirit, for fire to fall on this place. And we respond right now. Thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. More, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord. Blow, wind, blow, blow, wind, blow. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come when we are hungry. So we are asking for more. We are asking for more. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. You can take a seat. Amen. Okay, Chantal. This morning when I prayed, I heard drums, and I asked God, what drums? My house is quiet at the moment, the few times that happens. What's, what are these drums? And I felt, he said, he's releasing a new sound. 
But not that, that drums turned into a heartbeat. And it's the heartbeat of God to release something new and a new sound in this day. And not only that, it, it turns. And in worship, he came and he said, here's the beating heart. And he's doing a heart transplant into us right now. He's giving us the heart of Jesus. Are you accepting his heart? His heartbeat beating for you this morning. Take it. Take it. From the wind to the drums to a beating heartbeat, a new heartbeat in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you're releasing your heart. You, you're putting your heart into us this morning. You say, come, give me your old one. That's, that's what you want. You want our hearts. You want our hearts. Come and release. Take. Take that heart. And release your heartbeat, your new heart into us, O oh Lord. Release your new sound. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like he says it's not the it's not the sounds of the drum or the sound of the drums or the sound of musical instruments that is after is after you, your voice. What you have to release comes like a wave. It covers and it pulls back. It pulls us back into his love. So release your sound, whether it's a hum, whether it's a shout, whether it's a whisper because you can't continue any longer. Release your sound, cover and pull back into his love. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Wow. Woo. Amen. Wow, wow, wow. Um, what he has to say is always better than what I've planned, what I've got to say. I love making room because it's not about one person. This is us and it's actually all about him and we're team and we all get to hear. We all have a part and their parts matter. That, that was powerful. That was powerful. Some powerful transactions have happened and you get as much of that or as little as that as you want, as you want. This morning... I'm, I'm, I've got a few minutes left. Oh, it's going to be a miracle. Lord, help. Um, to share about the prophetic, obviously, um, I think that's obvious, but becoming a prophetic people, what it looks like to be a prophetic people. That's the message this morning. This is a little bit of what it looks like, but it's not just that. And the prophetic shifts atmospheres. As soon as people start speaking sort of on behalf of what's on the heart of the Father, you can feel the atmosphere shift, and there's an opening that begins to happen. And people 
people kind of lean in a little bit. You know, when I was younger, I used to love going to different meetings where the Holy Spirit was moving in power and there was revivals happening at the time. And I would go and I was just so hungry. But it, it kind of excited me and terrified me when a prophetic person or a prophet stood up because I felt like, oh, the atmosphere shifted and suddenly it was like, this person knows. This person, I'm sure, can see everything about me. I feel like they're looking right into my very soul, into my past, into my thoughts. Into, and I'd sit there thinking, don't make, don't make eye contact. Because if they look at me, they're going to know and they're going to share. They're going to speak. Um, but um, some of that was not, not necessary. I didn't need to be afraid. Because really, the heart of the Father is, is his love and his good. And yes, he knows. But he's not here to expose. But something with... The prophetic just shifts us into Jesus being really real. We can get so comfortable doing the church thing. We get so comfortable just coming and doing our songs, our message. We go, we chit-chat, we do coffee, and off we go again. And yeah, it's good, but we forget that actually Jesus is really real. And when the prophetic breaks in, Jesus steps in. That's what I love about revival times is there's an atmosphere where we are so just expectant but so almost terrified because we don't know what will happen next. What will he do? Uh, some of us end up on our faces. Some of us end up just in joy. Some of us can't stop weeping. There's healings, deliverances. I mean, and, and that's normal church, really. That should be our normal our very, very normal Christianity. Uh, but we, we, we need these times of revival to wake us up and shake us up and put us back into normal. Yeah? So let me get to my notes um, so we can actually get somewhere with this. But how good is Jesus? I mean, Ethan's not here anymore. We love Ethan. He's off traveling, doing ministry. But I love, I just hear Ethan's voice. Um, Ethan is the Bex and Craig's son. Um, and he's just radically on fire for Jesus, a young guy. And oh, just see his face and his beaming smile saying, how good is Jesus? How good is Jesus? You know, like the Vegemite shirt and the Akubra and the boots. Yeah, Ethan, we love you. At the core of the prophetic is the fact that we have a very real God that wants to connect with very real people in very real lives, in very real situations. That is who he is. He's not a religious figure far away. He's not a religion. Uh, we, we say, yeah, we know that, but sometimes we treat him like he's out there. And yet he's closer, the Bible says, than a brother. Like he's, he's like the very breath that I breathe. That's how close he is. And the heart of the Father is he wants to speak to us, his people. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They hear. If you're his sheep, then you hear his voice. I'm not going to unpack how we each individually hear. I'm not going to look at us as individuals and how we connect prophetically. I'm going to actually speak to how we as a people are a prophetic people. Is that okay? Good. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 10. I do want to read this scripture. It may come up, it may not. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 10. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. What an awesome verse. And most people stop right there. But there's a but, verse 10. But God has revealed them to us. What has he revealed? The things that eye has not seen, the mysteries, the unheard of things that are in the heart of God, the stuff that he's prepared for those he, who he loves or those who love him. These are the things he's revealed, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. 
Do you love the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. He's God, the Holy Spirit. He comes with the fullness of the Father, the fullness of the Son, equal to. Without Him, we can't encounter the Father. We can't encounter Jesus. He reveals. So He's welcome here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. You are so welcome. God has revealed what is hidden in His heart. He's revealed those things to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all the things, yes, the deep things of God. He goes into the heart of the Father and He comes back and He reveals to us the treasures, the mysteries, the unheard ofs, the love that you've never even imagined. He comes and He reveals it to you and me. Wow. That's like, wow. Wow. So... The prophetic, really, I do have a whole section because it's part of a, a big preach but of, of what it is, but it really it's connecting to the heart of the Father. It's hearing what's on his heart and then sharing what's on his heart. Yeah, I'm going to keep it so simple. Let me just skip, skip, skip. Okay, so what does it look like to be a prophetic people then? If each of us hear God individually, each of us are his sheep, we all have our unique ways of hearing God, of perceiving what he's saying, of connecting to his heart, of, of hearing, and it's not always audible, and you know this, most of you. Um, you have a unique way that he speaks to you. Um, so what does it look like, though, as a people? I want to read something that Chris Vallotton, who's from Bethel Church, a prophetic voice there, says. Um, and I really loved what he wrote. It's really powerful. So just have a listen while I read. In the days of the prophet Elijah, there arose a company of men who were called the sons of prophets. These men traveled throughout the world, ravaging the powers of darkness, wreaking havoc on evil kingdoms. They had no tolerance for the destructive behavior of the wicked kings, but rather turned many to righteousness. They raised the dead, healed the sick, parted rivers, destroyed false prophets, and saw revival spread throughout their land. Who says that the Bible's boring? Like, this is the most exciting book in the whole world, and we are actually the continuation of it. The book of Acts continues through you and me. Let me get back to what he said. They were feared by many, respected by all. They walked in great purity and God was their friend. Think about it. At one point in time, prophets were the cultural catalyst that radically influenced the kings and nations. They were not predominantly found in the confines of the church. I really hope this morning that some of what I preach is going to actually rattle us, shake us, um, make us uncomfortable and stir us, that it doesn't end here, that this is the half time. This is the, the pep talk. This is where we get equipped so that we can get out of these four walls. The sons of prophets, including those who raised and trained them, were out in the world doing what they'd been trained and anointed to do, influencing culture and changing the minds of nations. I propose if we want to see real transformation in culture and morality take a turn, which most of us do, it doesn't take much to look around and see how dark things are, how twisted things are. If we want to see a shift, it will take a prophetic people to step outside of the confines of the church gatherings and influence culture like the prophets of old did. Amen? It's time for a prophetic people to rise up, speak out, and break the silence. 
So you're ready to do that? You want to be someone who does that? You don't have to look like anyone else who does it. You don't have to sound like me. You get to be you, fully you, full of him, but you get to go and do this. What would the world look like if the church stepped into her prophetic mandate, operated in her authority and stepped into her full calling? What would that look like? Think about that. The church is us. That's you and me. We are the church, right? We are the church. We are called for such a time as this. Ezekiel 37. I'm going to read this chunk of scripture and we're going to um, unpack. I've got some points that just go along with this. So read with me Ezekiel 37. The Lord took hold of me. This is Ezekiel talking. I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. When's the last time you've been carried away by the Holy Spirit? This is, this is the same Spirit. The same Spirit there is the same Holy Spirit now, right? Don't settle for less. Don't settle for religion. Don't settle for boring. There's an invitation to be carried away, to enter into the more that he has for you. He led me all around, verse 2, among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? I love when God asks a question. It's like, he knows the answer. So, so Ezekiel's answer was really smart, actually. He says, oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that one. Um, very smart, very wise. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So, verse 7, I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, I love the suddenlies of God. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Picture this in your imagination. You're allowed to do that. Then, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into the bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old dry bones. All hope is gone. Verse 12, therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. How many times do we hear him say prophesy, prophesy prophesy. And there's a message this morning where he's saying, people, come on, prophesy. I'm calling my people to prophesy. Prophesy. Speak on my behalf again. 
There is so much hopelessness, lostness. I was saying this before, darkness, you don't have to be prophetic. You don't have to be switched on. I mean, it doesn't take much to look around to see that our world is very broken. It's hurting. It's twisted. There's depravity. There's despair. There's death. Loneliness. Suicide. Through the roof. All... Hope is gone. Really, when you hear the, the, the narrative of the world, it looks like, wow, is there any hope for this world? I mean, the young generation, the Gen Zs, and you know, they're saying, well, is there really any hope? What's the point? Like, is there like can we do anything to save our world? There's a valley of dry bones. And as a prophetic people, we're called to see in the spirit. We're called to hear what's on the heart of the Father. Because in the heart of the Father, there's always answers. There's always answers. What is he saying? This is why we need to be close to him. This is why we need to to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and catch what's on the heart of the Father so we can shift a narrative. We're not helpless victims here. We're not powerless people. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God, a prophetic people. And he's saying, who will speak for me? Who will stand up and speak for me? Number one, I'm going to give you four points. Try and go through them quickly. Oh, one minute, no. A prophetic people, please bear with me just for a few more minutes. Is that okay? Because I think this is really important. A prophetic people are connected. Let's go with number one. Connected to the Holy Spirit. I don't need to go on with this because we talked about it. Uh, But Ezekiel was carried away by the Spirit. Be connected to the Holy Spirit. Let him carry you away. Let him speak to you. Let him give you dreams, visions. Invite that in. Invite him to share what the Father's seeing over this nation, your city, the nations. Like what is he wanting you to partner with? And then do that. Do that. He's God. He comes, like I said, with the fullness of the Godhead. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. A mark of being a son or daughter of God. In Romans, it tells us, Romans 8, 14, if you're a son or daughter of God, one of the markers of that is that you are led by the Spirit of God. You keep in step with with the Holy Spirit. You walk with Him like a friend. God is looking for sons and daughters who will rise up and be all that Jesus has called us to be. If we're to be his voice, his mouthpiece, then we need to know what is in his heart. We need to know the now words of God. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said it. Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yes, it's in the written word of God. But there's the rhema, the spoken now words of God. And you only hear those when you're in relationship. When you get close and you say, speak, Holy Spirit, show me, tell me. I want to hear what's on your heart. Friends share heart to heart. It's not really a great friendship if all it is is you sharing your heart with him. Yeah, that matters. Yes, he cares. What about what's on his heart? He's looking for friends this morning. Number two, a prophetic people do what he says to do. When you think about that scripture I read, I mean, that sounded crazy, like crazy, prophesy to the winds. 
tell these bones to rise up. You know, it's, it sounds crazy, but there's a catch cry that the Holy Spirit gave me at the beginning of this year. Um, he said this, no matter, like, no, whatever it takes, whatever it costs, whatever it looks like. It just became this mantra. Whatever it takes, whatever it costs, whatever it looks like. Will you be someone who, who says, yeah, whatever it takes, God, whatever it costs me and whatever it looks like. And, and little by little, I mean, I'm not fully there yet. There's things that he says that I'm scared still of. And I have to go, sorry, Jesus, I, I, want, I, I want to be there. But whatever it takes, whatever it costs and whatever it looks like, pride gets pushed aside. It's not about me. It's about him. Whatever. Will you be one of those that says, yep, whatever it takes, whatever it costs, whatever it looks like, I'm, I'm there. I say, yes, Lord. All in. All in. A prophetic people who do what he says, you know, live by both. I said before, the written word, the logos and the now word, and we declare both. We have to declare both. One, the logos is to stand on. And you use that and declare it. One, the rhema is to open up and shift, but both are there to fight with. One, we stand upon and it's immovable. We do not apologize for what's in the written word of God. We stand on it and we believe it and we hold fast to it. But the other, it shifts as we declare because we hear and then we speak and it begins to shift and move things and it creates things. But both we get to fight with. Prophesy to the four winds. When is the last time you've prophesied to your impossible situation? When's the last time you've faced what's going on in this world or in this nation? We have all sorts of things happening in this nation and people on all sides of the political fence. And it doesn't matter. What's on the heart of the Father for this nation? What does he say? Have you stood and prophesied to the, to the north, south, east and west of Australia? What is he asking you to do? What about your impossible situation in your life? We might sometimes plead and cry, and that's okay. But what about standing on the word and the words and prophesying to that, to the wind, to stop in Jesus' name? Thus far and no more. Stop it. How about stepping up in the authority he's given us? Have you prophesied to what's dead around you? What has died? What dream maybe has died and yet God's saying, actually, I want that to live again. Now, sometimes things have died and they're meant to die. But sometimes they die and we just walk away or we look and it's hopeless and helpless and we think, there's nothing I can do. But yet God's saying, tell them to live again. Prophesy to that dream. Prophesy to that thing that died. I want it to live again. Be the, let's be the radical ones, right? The wild ones, the ones who dare to believe. We don't want to settle for the narrative that the world has given us. The world tells us, let's not settle. Let's refuse to calm down. You know, people say, calm down. Like, you're a bit full on. Calm down. No, I'm not calming down. I'm not calming down. We're not going to calm down. Calming down is not going to actually accomplish anything. The kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. The calm down ones don't. The Lord is saying, wake up, wake up, church. 
You are my people. And again, I'm not saying you have to look like somebody or be like somebody or speak like somebody. You get to be you, but full of him. And don't calm down. I actually want to break that off right now in Jesus' name, where the lid's been put on and people have been told, calm down, settle down, you know, just just cool it. No, in Jesus' name, I break that off. I remove the lid right now and I say, rise up, speak up. You have permission to be you and you have permission to be fully you, full of him. In Jesus' name, the world needs what you've got. The world needs Jesus in you. Don't hold back. Number three, a prophetic people partner with God. God hears the cry of the people and the cry of the land. Not just any land. Sometimes we read these things and it's out there and it's Israel and it's the land. Actually, it's this city. It's our neighborhood. It's this city. It's Melbourne. It might be Warrnambool. Like it might be wherever you come, like wherever you come from. It's your city. That's the land. That's the land. He's looking for partners in the kingdom, for friends that he can trust with his heart and his mission to restore hope once more to a people. So who will go for him? Who will prophesy to the dry bones, to the death that's all around us? Can you see it? Do you see death around you? Do you smell the smell of death around you? See, most of us don't. How many times are we more like Jonah running in the wrong direction? We're running away from a city we're called to bring hope to. We're judging and whining about how dark it is. We listen to the news and we're like, oh, there you go. Have a look at what's happening. Again, of course it is. Like, we're all going to hell. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I'm taking it extreme, but you know. Um, But we're hoping sometimes, honestly, that that like George said, we're hoping that that like Jonah, you know, he didn't want to go to that city. They were evil. They were awful. Their history was terrible. Nineveh was a terrible city. What they did to the people of God was shocking. And so we understand in the natural, of course, but a righteous kind of anger rose. Well, I don't know if you call it righteous, but an anger rose up and he thought, no. But we get like that with people. And we're like running. And we'd rather that the, the judgment of God come on a city than the love of God come and turn them to repentance. Like the disciples, they were offended that a city rejected Jesus once. And they said to Jesus, shall we call down fire on this city, Jesus? I love the disciples. Jesus actually just turns and rebukes them. I mean, I, I'm used, I get rebuked a bit by Jesus too. But, you know, that was the heart. But Jesus, Jesus has come to, to reconcile the world to the Father. And that's what the prophetic does. A prophetic people is here to reconcile people to a living God, to the heartbeat of God who is real, who loves them, who sent his son for them. So willingly, Jesus went to the cross. I mean, I think he said at one point, oh God, if there's another way, but not my will, but yours. I mean, that's the God we're talking about. And this is the God we want to show people and connect them to. That's what a prophetic people does. They they reveal him to a people who have no idea, a people who don't know him yet, ministers of reconciliation. Number four, a prophetic people release and restore hope. Hope has a name and his name is Jesus. We love to bring, we say this all the time, the goods and the gospel, right? 
but the goods, the goods are things, you know, like blankets and care packs and money we give out. We give out vouchers to people in need. We, we love that and it's important. But the goods are good, but they're not good enough. We have to bring Jesus. A prophetic people will always bring Jesus. When they speak hope, it's because hope is Jesus. He is the only solution, the only answer. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, The gospel is not a matter of talk but of power. We must leave them with Jesus, but we must display who he is. He is a healer. Pray for people to get healed. He's a deliverer. Pray that people get set free. Don't be freaked out. Demons are real. Demons are everywhere. But you have all authority if you're in Jesus. Stand up and take your rightful place. Bring the love of God because it's his kindness that, that leads to repentance. There's so much we can do. They need an encounter with a real God, a living God. Where are, this is the question I felt the Holy Spirit say, where are the darkness shifters and hope releases? Where are the darkness shifters and hope releases? Where are the bone rattlers and dead raises? I hope something in you is like, I want to be that. I want to be that. Because when I read, I'm like, I want to be that. Pick me. Lord, pick me, but pick us. Let us be known in heaven and known in hell as those ones. Those ones. Really super quick story. When we went, I uh, took a team to Cambodia. Some of you know this story, but I want to say it again. I mean, this is, this, I want to bring in a real story so that you see it, it, this is for real life. Like, this is real. It's not just a church pep talk. This is real. And it affects real people in real cities, in real atmospheres. And when we took a team a little while back to Cambodia, a few of us went, it, uh, we got to go and minister in the red light district of Cambodia. And we went to a karaoke bar, which was actually a brothel. The karaoke bar is the front because the government, it's apparently illegal to have brothels over there, but they find ways to get around that. And so they had these karaoke bar. We knew we were going in to minister to some girls um, who were prostitutes. So we went to this karaoke bar, uh, very confronting. You see them all, the girls lined up waiting for calls, waiting to be booked for their next appointments. We had actually paid, we were with people on the ground who do this as a ministry, so we were partnering with them. And what they do is they pay for, I think it was three, three or four girls, three girls, three girls to come up to the room to us with, and be with us. So we paid for, paid for their time. And so we, we get to this place and as soon as you step in, the atmosphere was like pff, heavy, like it's dark and it's full on and you can feel it. Like, you don't have to be much of a, a, a feeler or a prophetic kind of person to feel what that felt like. And uh, it's actually quite devastating. And we had to walk upstairs to get to the room where we'd meet the girls in or they'd come up to us, our, our room. And I got to the top of the stairs. I mean, I think as all of us kind of felt the more further up we got, the harder it got and the thicker it got and the darker it felt. And I got to near the top and I felt literally like something pushed shoved me as though to push me back like a force and I knew it was it was this darkness and I'm like oh whoa the demonic realm it's it, the spirit realm's real and the demonic is real and 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 it really didn't like that we were going there and it didn't stop us it didn't stop me but I was just aware I'm like okay 
right, I know exactly what's going on. And we get to the door and we're like, yes. And it's like 777. And Beth's like, look at that number. It's God's number. I'm like, yay. All right. So we get in the room and the girls come in and they kind of look a bit terrified, a bit like unsure, like what is going on? Like there's this bunch of women in here and what are we in for? And we, it was beautiful. We got to sit with different groups like um, of us sat with a girl each and talked to them, heard their story, devastating stories. Uh, just anyway, I don't have time to get into their stories, but our hearts broke for them. But we came for a purpose and with, a, with a, an agenda to share Jesus and to bring hope. And so we got to do that. We got to share Jesus. We got to pray for them. We got to just release his love. But what I really love is that we were, remember, in a karaoke bar. And so the girls had picked some songs and we thought, we're just going to dance and have some fun with these girls. And it sounds so not like worship or holy, but in that place, we put on some songs and the guys, I mean, Liana and Bethany and some of the others were there. We just got out and we began to sing and we began to dance. Not Christian songs, like they're just songs. And the girls, even the, the girls... The, that were there that had come up to us. They were joining in. They were having fun. And there was just this joy suddenly settled in that room. Like the atmosphere of darkness went and the light came. We were in the one, you know, a super dark place in a super dark part of the city. And yet it suddenly felt like daylight, like the light went on. The darkness shifted, the heaviness shifted and joy came. And you know, like if you're, you're a believer, you know that part of the kingdom is joy, right? Joy broke in. And Bethany, I've never seen it. I mean, she laughs a lot. She does. But she just was like next level laughing, like joy, like just so much. And she said later that, I don't know what came over me. Like, I'm, that wasn't me. Like, I'm not. Ah. Oh. She's, oh, right. They're saying they put on that song where it says, ain't, there ain't no mountain high enough. The girls had put that on. Ain't no valley deep enough. Ain't no whatever wide enough to keep me from getting to you. It, it kind of, the words they took and turned it around and, and invited Jesus to be that one and to step into that. And, and he really shifted the atmosphere and something broke. And so I'm sharing that to say that, that Jesus, we, we are atmosphere shifters. We can go into the darkest of places. You don't need to be afraid. You can be wise, yes. Definitely be wise, but don't be afraid. This is what we're called to do. This is who we're called to be. We're not called to just hang around in the light hang around with one another, we're called to actually run into dark places. A dark place might look like a brothel, but it actually might also look like your workplace. It might look like the supermarket. It doesn't always look like what we imagine. I wanted to just say that sometimes... We're so in the world, we become of it. And I can't find it in my notes, but I feel the Holy Spirit's on this. Just for some of us, we've forgotten how to be in it, but not of it. Because when you're in it and not of it, you hear the sound of hopelessness. You see the darkness in the dark places. And yet in our Western society, the dark places don't look dark. Actually, they can look really good. They can look like they can be affluent. They can be like, like people are thriving. And yet if you're not connected into the heart of the Father and you're not of the world, you're not going to hear the cry of hopelessness. And you're, you're not going to see the despair that's around you and the lostness. To you, it's if you're in the world and of it, 
then it all looks good. It actually is okay. What are we talking about? Of course I can watch that. Of course, that's fine. They're just being them and I'm being me. No. There's an invitation to be in but not of. And if you're in and of, today's the day where you make that decision because really God wants us all in or all out. We don't get to play games and he needs a prophetic people who are all in so that we pick up the heartbeat, so we're seeing correctly, so we're we're looking with eyes that are sharp like eagles and we're seeing what the enemy's on and we're seeing what God's on and we're partnering all the time. We're alert and we're watching and we're shifting. If you don't see the darkness, how are you going to shift the darkness? It's time to come away. Don't be of it. Be in it, but not of it. Last point, um, a prophetic people are connected to one another. I think this is important to say we're a people, not individuals. Yes, we're individuals in terms of our relationship with God and we all hear God. But as a prophetic voice, we are a people and, and we're connected to one another. The last of the Old Testament prophets was John. These, these days, like the days of the Lone Ranger prophetic voices, the superhero prophets, Yes, we've still got some of those who are amazing. But really, as a whole, those days are over. God's not looking for that. He's not looking for superheroes. There's one, Jesus. He's the only one who is, is, is better than any superhero. He's the star of this show. In the Bible, we read about a company of prophets, right? I said that earlier. Now, just listen to this, um, and then I will wrap this up. Uh, Biblical scholar Dale says this, 1 Samuel 10.10, this is where we see the first mention of a company. And the word company can also be called a chain or a band of prophets, the Nabis. They were previously individual prophets, and God gathered them together. Samuel saw the need of providing a new system of training for those who should be his successors in the prophetic office. And that's what prophets do. They equip people to be prophetic and go do it because we're all called to be prophetic people. While we see this company of prophets in several places in the Bible narrative, they are never named. I love this. They each clearly had a special relationship with God and a strong gift of prophecy. And yet we never find out who they were. This speaks to me of ordinary people. In today's church, God is indeed raising up prophets, but he's not working on, like I said, the prophetic superstars. He's working among ordinary people like you and me. We all get to play a part. People who are secure in their sonship, full of the Holy Spirit. And so when Pentecost happened and the Holy Spirit was poured out, the narrative did shift and it became all of us. In the last days, the the Bible says, in the last days, God said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Every person in this room is a son or daughter. We all know in part and we all prophesy in part and that's why we need one another. We all have a part of the puzzle and being in community means we're adding our part to the whole picture and there's safety in the herd. Get connected, be connected, walk connected. The enemy's smart. He's always prowling about looking for whom he can devour. There's an anointing of his presence that comes on our togetherness. There's an anointing that rests on us, the people of God, not just our church here. I'm not talking about just one church talking about the people of God and yes there's families around different church expressions 
but there's an anointing on our togetherness that can only happen in our togetherness. Our words create worlds. The prophetic shifts the narrative. It calls those things that are not as though they were. So it's time to be front-footed in our prophetic identity. I want to release this kind of as a prophetic word over you. The earth is groaning for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God, Romans 8, 19. There's a cry going up from our land. It is a cry of despair, of hopelessness, of loneliness, of trauma, of neglect, of utter darkness. God hears it all. He hears it all. And he's looking for a people who will not turn away, who will not turn a blind eye to not be so of the world that we don't see it anymore. We need to rise up as friends of God and begin to prophesy hope, to begin to shift the darkness and release light, to prophesy peace, to prophesy life, to prophesy truth. Listen for the sounds of dry bones. I pray this morning that your ears would be open, the ears of your heart would be wide open. After today, you would not be able to walk away and not hear anymore that you would not be able to walk out this room and not see anymore. Listen for the sounds of dry bones rattling. Let's not settle for the enemy's rhetoric. Let's not settle for the world's ways or agenda. They are not God's ways. The world's voice is not God's voice. The world's ways are not God's ways. The answer is always and only ever will be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It sounds simplistic, but actually it's the most powerful, profound thing you'll ever, ever know and ever be able to impart to people Let's be those who walk in intimate friendship with him, so connected that we can't help but see and hear what is happening. And then rise up to shift the narrative. Rise up. Those who shatter darkness with his light. Those that won't be shut up or shut down any longer. Today I want to declare that you have permission to prophesy. You have permission to use your voice. You have permission to go into the secret place and to get the strategies of heaven and then come out and use them. Do something with them. I pray a release of voices in this room where the enemies come to shut you down, to shut you up. This morning, I declare be free. Be free. Be free. May we be a people that God can trust to bring life and hope into our city or cities. The city of Melbourne. Let's be known in heaven and in hell for being friends of God who partner with him to see impossibilities bow, darkness shift because of our prophetic mandate. May our prophetic words create doorways for heaven to invade. Whether that's you as an individual or as a people, we want to create as we gather even now, there's doorways that are opening over this region that God's given us for Jesus to step in and reveal himself, for the, 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 the things of heaven to invade earth on earth as it is in heaven. We get to be the doorway. That's us. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys. Uh, um, Louise, do you want to just finish with, and we're going to respond. And thank you so much for um, hanging back and just letting me go a bit longer. But I feel that there was just something just of his weightiness. I can feel just in it and on it. And um, just an encouragement to go for it, to step up and step out. Step up, step out. I'm going to hand back to you guys, and um, they're going to wrap this up and, and see what response there is. I'm going to ask you to stand, please. I um, 
I wrote this down um, at 3am this morning. And so um, Gabby had asked if I would listen to Holy Spirit to see what he wanted to say to us. Um, And then I submitted that to her this morning and just said, you know, whatever the Lord wants to do and if it's now or not now, whatever. She said, "I, I just feel this is our response. So this is not my response. This is an invitation to our response. And what I did see prophetically before I read this out and what the end of the worship was I saw a castle wall and massive big gates and I saw the doors fling open wide um, by the power of the Spirit and I saw warriors running out um, front-footed to go take the land and I believe that's us. It's a picture for us in this building. It's a picture for us as people of God in this nation and I believe it's our time. Um, I want to encourage you in some way to respond, whatever that means to you, whether it means get out of your seat and come to the front or get on your knees or raise your hands or anything really that you feel God speaking to you about um, as I read this because I pray it's empowered by the Holy Spirit to make a difference. So I'm just going to read it out. And I felt the Lord say, this is a prophecy called, These Are the Days. In these days... Of uncertainty, weakness, and trial, the Lord says, My solution, my revolution is but my spirit. Your victory and your promise is but my spirit. For these are the days of my spirit. These are the days of your invitation to intimacy. These are the days of belonging, of believing, and of blessing. These are the days of the fear of the Lord. Of favour for those who would honour my name and trust in my nature. These are the days of lingering lovers. Who are not hurrying but hungering for my presence. These are the ones who will hear my heart above the hustle and bustle. The Lord says, I am longing for, I am looking for, I am waiting for those who will watch with me, not for me. Willing warriors who are awake to the war. Can we respond, church? Can we respond? I am, the Lord says, I am longing for those who will weep as they wait, who will hear the cries of the hurting. Father, (gasps) 
who will lean in and listen and look and love the lowest and the lost and the least. The Father says, I'm looking for those who will deal a death blow to religious hypocrisy. Can you hear him, church? Who will delight in honest humility. Will you hear him, church? I'm waiting for those whose faith would move the mountains of indifference, injustice, indecision and infatuation with the idols of self-imagination. So come, posture your hearts as a people who have laid down personal pleasures, profit and position. Press in. Press in. Press in in private as you lay down public praise and polished performance. Count the cost over your own comfort. For these are the days of my spirit. We say, yes, Holy Spirit. If you feel like you need to respond in any way to anything that Gabby says, I encourage you, come up the front. If you need the Holy Spirit, come up the front. If you want to be baptised in the Holy Spirit for the first time, come up the front. If you want to shift out of your hardness, your indifference, if you want to actually run back to the Father, if you want any kind of response to him, just come. It's like we as a people are consecrating ourselves today. I know we've taken long. If you need to leave, be free. If you want to continue to do business and be full and actually receive an anointing from the Father today, then I invite you to come. We can stay as long as we need to stay. But if you need to go, we love you. Be free. But if your heart's cry is, but his spirit, I need more of your spirit, I invite you to come. Father, this morning we, um, we thank you for your word. And like it says in the book of Acts, Lord, when they were cut to the heart because they heard the word, 
Lord, we, we respond today. We, we say we want to be all in. Father, we pray for boldness and courage and a fixed gaze on you, Father, to do this in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you that you're taking us from strength to strength, glory to glory, as we honor you and honor your ways and honor your name in Jesus' name. The invitation uh, remains. Please feel free to come and receive some ministry if you, you would like. Um, otherwise, please enjoy a cup of tea or coffee. Enjoy your week. Go and pick up your kids. Um, let's not leave this place unchanged today. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au. 